The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity FM. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Anna, thanks to all of you who are listening with us today. We're glad you're here. We're really glad you're out there, and we love getting your comments and um, your emails, and it's great to hear from you. Thanks for your participation, and we're really glad that you're enjoying the show and um, getting a lot out of it. Be sure to paste, uh, post on Facebook. There's a new discussion thread um, about the week's topic, so we welcome you to get on there and uh, let us know what you're thinking And it's very exciting to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and to a broad and deep understanding of what recovery is, Um, that it's so much more than simply uh, getting clean and sober and so much more than as a family member in recovery, just sort of, quote, coping with uh, your loved one's uh, illness. It's a lot more than that. Those are foundations, but it's really about living fully and joyfully, and that's what we're going to be talking about today with my guest, uh, Jody Kay. And every week we talk about topics that are really important to the recovery community and we have guests who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative, and people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And so we're bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. And the spirit of recovery is a very welcoming place. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, if you're a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction and maybe you aren't in your own recovery but you've got a loved one that's got this disease of addiction or if you're simply somebody that wants to learn more about the process of recovery, the spirit of recovery welcomes you and we welcome your participation in our discussions. Today, be aware that here in the Great Pacific Northwest, we have a power outage, so um, I don't have access to my email today, so I'm sorry if you email in, it's not going to happen. I won't get your uh, message, but please do call in, and uh, that number is 888-55-UNITY, U-N-I-T-Y. So call in um, when we get into our discussion part, and we'd just love to have you join in, but remember that email's not going to work today. So again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister, and I'm trained in addiction counseling. And also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction, some in recovery, some not. Um, For almost 30 years, uh, those relationships got me started about 30 years ago on an active path uh, of my own personal growth and spiritual development that uses the 12 steps of recovery and the unity principles. So those are very important parts of my life and principles that I work on a daily basis. So those keep me growing in ever deeper ways, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity to be in that aspect of recovery. So I'm so grateful again and delighted to have the opportunity to share all these ideas with all of you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and in your recovery walk. And know also that on every show we do give away a recovery book, and those books are 
donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. So we say a great big thank you, and you can uh, find out more about them at www.hazelden, and that's H-A-Z-E-L-D-E-N.org. So big thanks to Hazelden for those donations. And the book that we are giving away today is Playing It by Heart by Melody Beatty. So if you're interested in getting your name in for the drawing for that book, you can just call into that number, 888-5-U-N-I-T-Y, Unity, and we'll put your name in the drawing. And you don't have to have a question or comment, although we welcome those, but we'll put your name in. So, And be assured that if you call in, uh, we keep all of your information confidential, and we won't put you on the air unless you want to be with a comment. So... Today we are talking about living recovery, and to joining me is my guest, Jody Kay. And Jody Kay is a joyful spirit. She's delightful, and you're going to just love hearing all that she has to share with us. Um, she's been in her own recovery for 27 years, and um, we'll find out also that Jody is in recovery both um, from the disease of substance abuse addiction, and also she's in recovery as a family member. So. Um, in the recovery world, she has that wonderful designation, which is uh, a powerful one, and that's called a double winner. So we're <laughs> going to hear a lot about that um, today and how that works in her life and why um, both aspects of working these 12 steps really make a big difference in living recovery in her life. And Jody has a motto, which I love, and it is, if you work it, it's work, but if you live it, it's life. So with that, um, Jody, welcome to the show today. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. It's, I'm absolutely humbled and it's so pleased to be here today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So um, you're going to talk to us about living recovery because you really do live it. You, you are a joyful spirit and a delight, and uh, you do so much in your life um, that's um, happy. And, and certainly while we know, again, that, you know, Stopping the the use and and that type of thing and and coping with some basic things in family are certainly foundations of recovery. They are by no means the end all and be all. They're no by no means the the end goal. But it's really about living life happy, joyous, and free. So, would you tell us a little bit about? And we know that uh, your life is is that way today, but it wasn't always like that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So could you just tell us a little bit about how you, um, what got you into recovery and on this path? I'd, I'd love to. I um, had a father that was a police officer, and I was a rebel, so to rebel against that, I started using drugs and alcohol when I was about 17 years old. And life went on, and I got married to a man that I'd only known for three months. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of children. And I woke up one morning too hungover to change my baby's diaper. Wow. That was a wake-up moment for me. Mm-hmm. So I decided I would never, ever drink again. And I didn't for three years. Mm-hmm. But so my, you just were kind of white-knuckling it? As they, sometimes that's a term people use. Yes, I was very, very, very angry. I didn't know about recovery. I had no clue that there was any such thing. I just knew that I was, in my mind, not a good mom. Mm-hmm. 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 And children, so, sorry, so children are a like, big deal. Right, yeah. So so it really sounds like for you it really tapped into that, that feeling that, boy, if I'm not able to be the good mom that I want to be, then something's wrong with this picture. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how different people have different points at which, you know, it's like, this is it, this is you know, either as a family member or as a person um, with the substance aspect of this illness, that's the moment of truth. It's like, oh, something's not working here. Yep. So what happened then? It's like, so you were angry and so you weren't drinking and and using, but life wasn't so great. Life wasn't so great. My husband still continued to drink, and one day he... I'd had enough. I was what we call sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. And so I set up a little confrontation with him, and he decided he was going to commit suicide. Wow. So he left. Mm-hmm. And I was glad, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. And he end up, ended up waking up in treatment. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he happened, we happened to have this argument while he was in a blackout. I, of course, had no clue. And so I didn't know where he was for three days. 
and he had woken up in treatment, and so I celebrated that by you. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's what we do. We don't know how to do it any different. Mm-hmm. And the next day after that, I decided if our marriage was going to make a go of it, that perhaps I needed to do what he was doing and enter into recovery. So I went to treatment actually for my codependency. Mm-hmm. Tell was, us about what, what you mean by that. I went to what was called back in the day, as Anna said, I would been sober for 27 years. So this would have been a little more than 27 years ago. I went to what is today called the family program, but back then we did treatment for the family. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was asked to attend an outpatient program for family members, Mm -hmm. and that's where I found out I was alcoholic too. Wow. That happens sometimes, doesn't it, is sometimes family members are distressed by the other family members using, but then sometimes they can be so focused on that that they don't even realize what's going on in their own lives. And they might also have that issue. That's exactly what happened for me. I thought my problem was my husband's drinking and my problem was me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that started you then on your road, um, I'm assuming, in, in 12-step recovery and, and um, so forth. And, and so how did the quality of your life start to change? Gosh, things got different rather quickly. Mm-hmm. My, my husband, who had been a very, very angry man, at this point we had been married for seven years, and we had a three-year-old and a five-year-old in the house, and my angry, raging husband wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I didn't that was know. A surprise. <laughs> yes. Wait, what happened? <laughs> wow, where'd that crabby man go? Yeah. He's got some joy happening, and I don't. <laughs> and I didn't know how to deal with that. And so, thank God for the treatment that I was able to attend because it helped me to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, today. Um, the family program is a three- or four-day program. And back in the day, mm-hmm. I was able to go to a nine-month out-treatment, outpatient treatment program. Wow. So we got nine months of counseling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was incredibly helpful. Right. I would imagine, uh, and I'm speculating, so I'll hear what you have to say about this, that, that the fact that you had nine months of right from the get-go of a family program and family treatment and, and understanding the 12-step principles and recovery principles from the family standpoint as well as from, um, as the, from the substance um, disease standpoint, that that probably really enhanced your ability for quality of life. In a, in, I don't know, jet propelled you forward maybe in a way that wouldn't have. I don't know. How do you see that? <laughs> I'm guessing, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It, we were told from the get-go that we need to attend meetings, recovery meetings, and I chose Al-Anon mm-hmm. and thought Al-Anon could keep me sober. And tell that us what Al-Anon is. People may not always know. Oh, Al-Anon is the only requirement for attending an Al-Anon meeting is that there be a problem of alcoholism in a family member or a friend. And since my husband was an alcoholic, I chose Al-Anon because I didn't like the diagnosis I'd received that I was an alcoholic as well. Probably pretty scary to get that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I wanted him to be the problem. And Mm -hmm. I found out in short order that I was absolutely, I had only caused about 97% of my own problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I found that out in short order. And then I got thirsty. Mm-hmm. And that's what sent me then with my tail between my legs to Alcoholics Anonymous as well as Al-Anon. So mm-hmm. I became a double winner from literally the get-go. Wow, that's wonderful. And it's also pretty rare. Um, but I imagine that it's really made a whole lot of difference in the quality. I don't know, has that affected the quality of your sobriety? Do you think that you also had the, the Al-Anon program part of it? I would like to think yes, but because that's all I know, mm-hmm. I don't. It, it's the way I did it. It was, it was what was handed to me, and so I took what I was given and ran with it. Right. 
So I think that that may be, I don't know it any other way. Mm -hmm. So I want to say, yes, it was absolutely fabulous. But doing it any other way may have been fabulous too. It was just my way, if that makes sense. Sure, absolutely it does. Absolutely. Yeah, it's sort of like, how could I know what it would be like if it's not what I did? But yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So how did, um, you know, in as you're living recovery and as you're really finding some joy and some quality of life as you go forward, how is your spirituality a part of that? Um, how did that come into play? Oh, my gosh. I have a story that I would like to tell if you'd like to listen. I'd love to hear it, yeah. Thank you. Um, I've always believed in in God. My higher power has always been God. I was very, very shy and introverted as a child. And so I would play in the woods all by myself and talk to God. And But when drinking and using entered into my life, that kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of violence in my marriage. The part that I need to own is that I have a not got a very nice mouth when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I can, will never condone the things that happened to me, but I will say that I have to own my part. And I became very angry with God. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the last few years prior to recovery, the only prayer that I ever said was, please, God, kill him. I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I entered into recovery and started working the steps, I was told that I needed to find a higher power. And I was lost about that because I didn't know how. I'd been angry for so long. And one day on my way, one evening, actually, on my way home from outpatient treatment, I was given an ultimatum by my counselor that I will begin to do my homework about finding a higher power or I was not going to be allowed back. Wow. So I really started to think about that. And treatment, the place I picked to go to treatment was two miles from my house. And between treatment and home was a grocery store. Mm -hmm. So I left treatment that evening thinking about um, not being mad at God anymore Mm-hmm. But I had to stop at the store and pick something up for the kids. So I stopped at the store, and I said the first prayer that wasn't, please, God, kill him, in a long, long time. When I walked in the door, there was a box that you could win fabulous prizes if you filled out your name and address. I think they probably still do that a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So as I'm filling out my name and address, I said the first prayer that wasn't, please, God, kill him, in years. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, it's December We don't have a whole lot, and if you're real, maybe our kids will get a Christmas this year. Mm. I kind of put it it out there, threw Mm. my little name in the box, bought what I needed to buy, and started on my way home. So between the grocery store and my house is one mile. Mm -hmm. Between the grocery store and my house, they had shaken that box, reached in, drawn out a name, and called me. As I'm walking in the house, the phone is ringing, and it's the grocery store, and I had one, not only enough money for my children to have Christmas, but it paid for both my husband's and my treatment. Holy moly! Yes. We're going to take a break. That's incredible. Thank you, Jody. Yes. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back. And and it's so great to hear about the quality of your life now. And thanks for that story. If there's a little end of it, we'll hear it right when we get back. So thanks so much. We'll be right back, so call in if you would like to make a comment in the second half of our show or to put your name in the drawing, and that's 888-55-UNITY. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. If you have been inspired by the programming on Unity FM, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the tithes and love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate. Thank you. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The present moment is the point of action in my life, my opportunity to create my bliss. 
There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning. I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here and right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Unity's online radio, the voice of an awakening world. To join the discussion, call us at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with the Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. I'm really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is living recovery and talking about what it means to be happy, joyous, and free, to enjoy your life and have a great quality of life. That's really what recovery is about. And my guest is Jody Kay, and Jody is a joyful spirit who celebrates 27 years of living recovery as a double winner. And that means both as a person uh, who is recovering from the disease of addiction and also a person who is in active uh, 12-step recovery program as a family member. And so um, we're just delighted that Jody's here and she's telling us some wonderful things about how she enjoys her life and about the quality of her life um, today. But before we get back to what Jody has to share with us, let's take a moment to um, center ourselves in some joy as we take a moment for the Serenity Minute. I'm going to ask you to join me in this moment for having a constructive idea and to allow our minds to relax, to rest, and to open and be refreshed. And so our constructive idea for today is, I'm awake to joy. I'm awake to full living. I am awake to joy. I am awake to full living. And we take just a moment to open our minds and relax. Thank you very much for joining me in that Serenity Minute, and I'm knowing that for you, that that is true for you, that you're filled with joy and that you are living fully and that you're happy, joyous, and free. And I see that unfolding for everyone who's listening right now. 
And so we're now we're back to my guest, Jody Kay, talking about living recovery and how she does that, how she enjoys her life. And this is a good time to give us a call. As I said earlier today, in the great northwest here in the Pacific Northwest, we have a power outage. So my computer's not working. So if you email me, it's not going to happen. But do call us. You can call into our studio, and that number is 888-55-UNITY. So call in with a comment or a question, or also you can just put your name in for the drawing. And the book that we have that's donated by Hazelden Foundation for us is Playing It by Heart by Melody Beatty. So call in. This is a good time. Our lines are open. And meanwhile, we're back to our guests. So, Jody, we wrapped up the first segment with you telling us a wonderful story about how you got reconnected with God, how you got over some of that anger and hurt and and uh, found out that God really was there for you because you got Christmas for your kids. And, uh, <laughs> so what would what would you say uh, about that? You, you had a final comment, I think. Well, I just wanted to say that God and I have been really close ever since. I, I'm sorry that it took kind of a slap upside the head. I mm-hmm. had to have something obviously big to believe again, but I am incredibly grateful, and it hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. It, I have... God and I have really kind of hung out together and been friends ever since. It's been a mm-hmm. good thing. That is good. And, you know, the thing that strikes me about that, Jody, is that you're, God, you know, the, you had the experience that God was so responsive to you. You know, that's uh, what I'm really touched by. And would you share with us, and, uh, and obviously that makes quality of life uh, go up when you feel like, okay, if I got somebody that's, got my back, sort of, and then mm-hmm. helping me out here. Could you talk about that? What's, how does that help you um, with your quality of life to be friends with God, or how is it that you feel that responsiveness? What's, what's that relationship like? I think that that is the way I choose to live with my eyes open. Mm. If I pay attention and look for my God moments or the positive things to happen in my life, I will see them. Mm-hmm. If I choose to walk through life without my eyes open, I sometimes then can only see the not-so-positive. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a conscious choice to live this, mm-hmm. or sometimes I will revert back to working the steps, and then it becomes work for me. Mm-hmm. I truly have to have my eyes open. Right. So, and by that, you mean that you notice when good stuff happens and you let it count. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, it's helped me to be, I feel, a better parent, a better spouse, a better employee, a better member in the fellowship, and a better mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because is it because you feel like you're you're bringing something more to the relationships or... Or you're seeing the good in people, or what is it that you think makes better better relationships for you? For me, I think the relationships are better because I remember to remain teachable. Mm-hmm. I feel that walking through life with my eyes open means that I have something to learn from every single person in my life, even if it's patience. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like that, yeah. that's, a, that's a big one for me to learn. Even mm-hmm. if it's patience, I know that I have something that I have to learn from every single person that I come across in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. And with that, I know that um, part of your living joyfully and having a high quality of, of uh, recovery life is how you interact with your family. And um, as you said earlier, both you and your husband are in recovery and you told us a bit about that. Um, how does that work in your family? How, what's it like for two recovering people to be married? <laughs> it could be like, <laughs> things get different, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Um, we go to, we both attend a lot of meetings. We don't go to closed meetings together because, as I said previously, I have not got the kindest mouth. I don't have a lot of filters. I will mm-hmm. sometimes say things prior to thinking, and it's important for me to work my program and allow others to work their programs. So mm-hmm. we attend open meetings together. It helps to keep me out of his business. Mm-hmm. It also helps to give us something to talk about. 
we have this huge commonality in recovery. It never ever, there's always something, always a com- topic of conversation hanging around because we both attend meetings. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been married to, even though he's been the same guy for 33 years, I feel like I've been married to three or four different men because he has mm-hmm. changed so much. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he would say that about me as well. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've changed also. And both of us having a program al- allows for open-mindedness and tolerance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that really, um, you know, makes life a lot happier. You know, sometimes I know what happens with married couples is it feels like one of them feels like, well, I'm growing and they're not. And, and it gets all bogged down and, you know, it feels like life's not so great. But it sounds like for you guys, because you're both working a program, that it's, it's different. Not always happy. <laughs> no, it's not you got, I want happy. you to tell the story about the lilac bushes. <laughs> That's a good one. About 10 years into recovery, we have about 40 lilac bushes across the back of our property, and they're my favorite flower. And about 10 years into recovery, my husband decided to make a lilac hedge. Mm-hmm. And I happen to believe in sponsorship, and I've always been sponsored. I've always sponsored others. So I called my sponsor and wanted her to help me plan a murder. <laughs> I was pretty sure that I didn't want him to live anymore because mm-hmm. he was ruining my lilac bushes. Mm-hmm. And she, under no uncertain terms, said, no, we do not plan murders in this program. You go for a walk and you think about how you will get along with him. Mm-hmm. So I went for a bit of a stomp. Mm-hmm. And about two miles into my stomp, as I'm calling her names, him names, I'm raging at God, I smell lilacs. And I look up from my stomp, and in the middle of a field is the most perfect, beautiful, amazing lilac bush in full bloom. Mm-hmm. So I walk to the lilac bush, and I intuitively know that if some of those lilacs are in my kitchen, he will not have to die. <laughs> so I start breaking off lilacs, and I had quite an armload, and uh-huh. I hear behind me, <clears throat> and I turn around, and there's a police officer, oh, and no. he, he asks me, what are you doing? And because, as I mentioned before, I don't have filters between my brain and my mouth, out of my mouth falls the most horrible thing. I say, hi, if these lilacs are in my kitchen, my husband won't have to die. <laughs> and you know how you really want to take words and throw them right back down your throat and you're not mm-hmm. able to and I was embarrassed and because my father growing up was also a police officer oh, I tend right. yeah I tend to not pay attention to cops so mm-hmm. when cops speak I kind of hear the wah 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 from Charlie Brown mm-hmm. and I heard him say some things about destruction of private property, trespass on private property, theft from private property. And then he took a breath and said, now what do you have to say for yourself? Hmm. And once again, out of my mouth fell, I'm telling you, these have to be in my kitchen. I'm mad at my husband and he doesn't need to die today. Mm-hmm. And the police, the police officer said, lady, do you know who owns this property? And I said, no. And he said, the nuns that work at the hospital over there, so I guess this is between you and God. And he walked away, he walked away, got in his car, and drove Uh off. And I Uh got to have those lilacs on my kitchen table. And my husband and I now get to share because I go back every year and steal a few just because I know God will let me. Um, My husband and I get to have a good laugh about that temper tantrum we have now for, gosh, 15 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a good reminder that temper tantrums are never healthy. That's right. Yeah, that's, I love that story because it's, it's so much like it, it was probably a big shift for you in, in terms of understanding, what, okay, what is going to work? What's going what's to really make me feel better? What's going to really help my relationship out? Yes, and, and stomping and storming and threatening obviously doesn't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wonderful story, and it, uh, it's another case where you had your living with your eyes open. Yes, yep, and and my nose, I got to smell those lilacs. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's good. And your husband's still alive today, I believe. Yes, he is, and I, you know, there was a lot of violence in our life, mm-hmm. and I've discovered after years of sobriety, 
I've, I always loved him through all of that, and mm-hmm. it took a few years in recovery, but we didn't give up, and today I like him. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. Just, I knew that I always loved him, but I get to like him today. He's a kind, generous, loving man, mm-hmm. and I didn't always feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that in itself is is, of course, miraculous because I know so often in relationships we, and sometimes, you know, obviously they don't always work out. It's not about that. But, um, boy, that's a real testament to the quality of your sobriety and the quality of your family recovery that you you really can say that and mean it. And mean it. And mean it. Mm-hmm. And there are sometimes days when I don't like his actions or attitude, but mm-hmm. I'm powerless over those. But I remember that I always love and like him as a person. There's a difference for me. Right. Right. That's incredible. I know, too, that, um, Jody, that you had, um, you worked your recovery uh, in regard to your children as well, who are now adults. And you have a wonderful story um, about your son when he was little, about how you comforted him. Would you tell us that one and, and how that really changed the quality of your life and your relationship with your children? Oh, I'd love to. It's one of my favorite stories. I was told that the disease of addiction impacts a minimum of six people in a negative way. So our children were three and five when they got sober, and so I knew that perhaps a sober alcoholic could positively impact at least a few people, and the kids were little. They weren't going anywhere, so we practiced on them. And my youngest son has always been very shy and very introverted and not always so positive. If I spoke to him even a little bit sharply, he would kind of retreat into himself and get negative. So we made a plan, and the plan was if he wasn't feeling good about himself, he needed to maybe not try so hard and just relax and not try to sleep, but just try to be mellow. Mm -hmm. And if it was evening, usually these things happened when he was tired, he could come in no matter what and wake me up, and I would always tell him that I loved him. And after we did this for, gosh, six or eight months, one night he came in for the second time, and I knew that if he had to come in more than once, that probably it was a bad night for him. So I was praying real hard, and he shook me, and he said, Mommy, Mommy. And I said, what? And he said, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about all the people who like me or love me or maybe care about me just a little bit, Mommy, and I need you to know I'm up to 63. Wow. Um, I I still get emotional when I talk about that because the profound effect on me from that experience was that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I could possibly make a positive impact on someone. Mm-hmm. I knew that recovery was going, my recovery was going to impact others, and I knew that I could make, I, I was a functional member of society again. I wasn't mm-hmm. taking from the world. I was finding ways to give back. Mm-hmm. That profoundly changed my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it gives such, such a sense of self-worth and value and, and, and connection. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. It's, it's so moving to hear that story about your son, you know, like a little boy that was scared and, and he'd been affected, um, of course, by, by the disease in the family, and, but that you turned that around, and that's really living. I mean, that's what it's all about. You turned it around yes. and, and created that love for him. Thanks, being, thanks for telling that story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah being solutionized. Solution-focused instead of problem-focused has saved a whole lot of things for me. Fabulous. We've got to take a break right now. Thanks for telling us that, and we'll hear some more about it when we get back. So, Jody, thank you. Thanks for these stories. They're touching our hearts. And thanks for everybody that's listening. And you can call in during the break and put your name in for the book. Or if you have a comment or question for Jody, give us a call at 888-55-UNITY. So stay with us. We're going to be right back, and we're going to hear some more from Jody in just a few moments. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity FM.
A light shines in the silent unity cupola 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A light that represents 120 years of continuous prayer and stories of blessings received. Everyone has a prayer story, be it healing, prosperity, peace, or personal transformation. Here is one such story. Love is the great miracle worker. My daughter Kristen literally died twice, once at home and again in the hospital a day later. We met with her cardiologist yesterday, and after only six weeks, they tell us her heart is functioning normally. God's love came through Silent Unity's prayer and healing thoughts. Our gratitude to God and to all of you is endless. Your loving energy is much needed and appreciated. For more about Silent Unity's 120th anniversary and to request a free CD titled Timeless Prayers from Silent Unity, Visit www.silentunity.org and click on the link. Have a blessed day. What makes your spiritual path effective? What truly transforms your life? You can read all the books, hear all the speakers, and attend all the workshops. But what matters is putting spiritual principles to work in every decision you make. Join Reverend Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about how to practice principle day in and day out. Send them your questions to be answered on the air. The email is absoluteliving at unity.fm. Read Reverend Ellen's book called The Five Principles, available at unity.org. Then join Ellen and Laura each week right here on Unity FM to hear how to practice spiritual principles in your life on Absolute Living. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. We're glad that you're listening. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is living recovery, how to be happy, joyous, and free, and have a great quality of life in your recovery. And know that what it's all about is about living your life and enjoying it and having good quality relationships and um, doing things that are fun for you and being a part of society, being a part of your world and participating. My guest today is Jody Kay, and Jody just exemplifies that in all areas of her life. She does live recovery, and her slogan is, if, it, uh, if, if you work it, it's work, and if you live it, it's life. Uh, so welcome back, uh, Jody. And I want to announce the winner of our book. Thanks for uh, getting in touch with us. And the winner is Kimberly, so congratulations. And uh, be aware that our email is not working today because in the Pacific Northwest we're having a power outage. So my email is not working today, but thanks for calling in. And so again, in this third segment, if you do have a comment or a question, um, call in at 888-5-U-N-I-T-Y. And we'd be happy um, for Jody to respond to your comment or question. So we're back to Jody. And um, Jody, at the end of our second segment there, you were telling us about your son and about how you were able to turn some things around with him when he was a little boy and 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 have that positive impact through your recovery on your son. So what's your relationship like with your children? I know they're adults now. What's happening with that? Oh, I have to remember every day that my higher power takes care of me and their higher powers take care of them and that their lives as adult children are really not my business anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's something that... Al-Anon specifically has really been helpful with as our children began aging and started experimenting with alcohol. We needed to let go of that. We needed to tell them that there will always be a chair for them in Mm -hmm. meetings if they choose to join us. If they don't, it's truly none of our business because 
they each have their own higher power as well. So that's been a huge letting go process for me. Mm-hmm. We've had, of course, pain in our lives. Our youngest son actually had a suicide attempt at one point, and thank God for sponsorship and the ability to work the steps and pray through that. Um, God willing, he's going to be okay. He he lived through that, had to spend some time in the hospital, and I found him, and that was mm. quite a pivotal moment for me. Mm-hmm. And our oldest, our oldest son and my husband and I went into a, another type of family program for that. And my, my recovery truly, truly was helpful with that. I can set boundaries now. I can let go of things that need to be let go of. It, the, the, our children, we're still close with our children. They actually ask us if we can go on family vacations together because having a good time in recovery is number one for me. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. No matter what has ever happened, always, always, always want to be able to have a good time. And I'm so impressed and so pleased that recovery has taught us to have a good time. And our kids want to hang out with us. They're both married That's now. <laughs> yeah. They're both married now, and they want their spouse to, spouses to hang out with us, and they want to do family things. And I can absolutely guarantee you, if I was still drinking, they would be embarrassed to be seen with me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am. That's a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Detaching and setting boundaries, and saying, you know, you don't. We don't get to know about some things when your children are adults. We just get to love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Practicing unconditional love is a huge thing for me in recovery. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's a, a fairly. Uh, revolutionary idea, frankly, in a lot of, you know, how the world works. People think, if I love you, that means I'm going to worry about you and get on your back. <laughs> yes. Letting, letting go and allowing my family members and my friends and the community in general to make their own mistakes mm-hmm. is, oh my gosh, there's such a huge part of me that wants to allow other people to learn from my mistakes, and I know that that can't happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, when my program is going well, I let people make their own mistakes now. Woohoo! Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and how does that affect you? What does that do for you when you let that happen? Sometimes I feel myself really tighten up about that, but on the, mm-hmm. on yeah. the good days, it's the most freeing feeling to know that my higher power takes care of me and the whole rest of the world's higher powers take care of them. And I actually have a little prayer that I say. Hmm. Um, um, it's your will, it's not mine, it's none of my business. That's mm-hmm. my quick little prayer that I say when I want to control a situation. Mm-hmm. It, it's really and truly God's will. It's not, and it's in God's time. It's none of my business. Mm-hmm. I don't get to play that card, and it's but it's difficult. I'm not perfect at it mm-hmm. at, by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do that in sponsorship. I try to do that with my service work. Mm-hmm. I that takes a lot of courage. That. It does, or or fear. <laughs> I'm not sure always which one, uh-huh. but I know that I'm a better person for that when I'm able to do that. Right, right. Tell us about, um, I know you do participate a lot um, in your recovery community, that you do a lot of service, and and you have mentioned sponsorship. Tell us really what sponsorship means and why that's so important for your recovery in both both being a sponsor and having a sponsor. Gosh, I'll answer the, being a, the having a sponsor part first. All right. The big book on page 27, line 6, the line says, and I quote, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. Just because I got sober doesn't mean I have a different brain. I Mm -hmm. still have the brain of an alcoholic. I I choose to believe that this is a neurological disorder. It is a Mm -hmm. disease. Mm -hmm. I need someone to bounce things off of because my thinking isn't always right. Mm -hmm. And as far as my sponsoring others goes, 
to sponsor someone means to walk them through the steps. For me, mm-hmm. I happen to work the steps every time I walk someone else through, and I learn something every single time. Mm-hmm. It's about being teachable for me. Right. That's an important, important thing for me in recovery. Uh, I also bring women inmates from a minimum security prison to their very first AA meeting outside the walls of the facility, of the institution. Mm -hmm. And the best meetings I think I've been to have been the meetings in the car, the meeting before and the meeting after the meeting, Mm -hmm. because these women who are brand new to recovery and about to get out of prison have taught me more about freedom than anyone I will ever meet. Wow. how does that work? How have they taught you about freedom? Little things like they, some of them have been in prison for years and years and years, and I have a little rule, whoever rides in the front seat gets to pick the radio station, and some of them haven't touched the dial on a radio in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a freedom in that. For me, I get to listen to the radio every day. Mm-hmm. I get to turn a doorknob They don't get to turn a doorknob. Some of them haven't seen their children in two years. All I have to do is pick up a phone. Mm -hmm. I have the freedom to jump in the car and see my kids anytime I want. They Mm -hmm. have taught me to not take for granted the things that I have. Mm -hmm. it's, It's helped me to want what I have instead of having what I want. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. It's like that, what you were saying earlier, I think about keeping your eyes open and seeing the God in it all and seeing the God moments. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's helped me to, gosh, out of the mouths of babes, the, mm-hmm. you know, the joy on, on these women's faces when I say you get to pick the radio station. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like almost overwhelmed sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it's been so long, and those are, that's something I take for granted. Right, right. So it's like you're saying, as you engage with people in service, that really opens up your life and, and changes how you see yourself and how you see your world, and obviously it's really helpful to those women. But, but that's one thing that's so wonderful about the Recovery Fellowship is that it's always a two-way street. Oh, it's totally. It's never one way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Totally. And not everybody gets to read a big book or not everybody gets to go to a meeting. What happens if I'm very short with the woman in the grocery store and she shows up at my home group in two weeks and goes, ew, I don't want what she has, and they go Mm -hmm. away? Mm -hmm. That's that's where being a living example of the program comes into play for me. I I remember to be kind to strangers. Mm -hmm. I remember to listen when I say, how are you? Mm -hmm. I not always, like I said, I, I certainly don't do it perfectly, but gosh, what if I am the only living example of recovery that someone gets to see today? I don't want to mess that up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it sounds a little bit codependent, but I don't want to screw that up for that next person walking in the door. No, you know, when you when you talk about it, what I think of it is it's, it's um, what some people would call God consciousness. It's being aware that um, every person is important, every person is valuable, and that our job is to be present to that. And, and that's what helps life get better. That's what, that's what quality of life is, really. Yes, yes. And sharing God's stories is so much fun, but if you keep your eyes closed, you don't have any to share. Mm, that's a good one. That's a keeper. Remember that one. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, that's really powerful. So if you were going to, you've already given us so many, many, many words of wisdom, but if you had just a few things to say here as we as we wrap it up uh, for people who really want to live and who really want to, you know, recovery to be about their life opening up and, and having some joy and, and good relationships and all that, what would you say, Jody? Wow. I guess I would say that for everyone and for me that I know, pain becomes power when held up to grace. Mm. Anytime I'm in pain, if I hold it up to the grace of God, my higher power, and the grace of the program of recovery, it can become powerful to help another person. Mm -hmm. I have found it to be true every single time I've had pain in my life. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's powerful. That's it in a nutshell for me. That's wonderful. That's really incredible. So it's, it's really about not, not staying stuck in what's bugging you, not staying stuck in the pain, but like you said, opening up to the grace of God, opening up to the God moments, the presence of good, and, and going forward. And, you know, as you've talked about, too, nobody does it alone. It's about being participating and um, having people that sponsor you and that you sponsor and, and participating in the fellowship and having a good life and being out there. Getting yes. out of your shell. <laughs> yeah. Can't have a good time. Don't show up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Jody, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. It's been wonderful. And um, thanks for sharing with us. And thanks for being so um, frank and honest and telling us about your life and about what you do that um, that does keep you getting happy, joyous, and free and teachable and, and connected. And, and you're just such a light. And I'm so glad. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Oh, thank and, uh, you, my uh, friend. I This has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. You're just so welcome. And so uh, join me next Tuesday when my topic is going to be uh, service and gratitude, and my guest is Mark Burchell, who is the CEO and the founder of Doorway to Recovery, which is a great uh, transitional housing program, and he's going to tell us about how the Spirit of God uh, put feet on that thing and how it all happened. So going to be a great show. So thanks again to Jody, and thanks to all of you for listening and for being part of the Spirit of Recovery. Remember to tell your friends about us and uh, so we uh, keep building that audience and reaching out and doing good stuff for folks in recovery. Remember that you're a blessing, that you're in my prayers, and I see the joy of living expanding in, as, and through you. God bless and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What makes your spiritual path effective? What truly transforms your life? You can read all the books, hear all the speakers, and attend all the workshops. But what matters is putting spiritual principles to work in every decision you make. Join Rev. Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about how to practice principle day in and day out. Send them your questions to be answered on the air. The email is absoluteliving at unity.fm. Read Rev. Ellen's book called The Five Principles, available at unity.org. Then join Ellen and Laura each week right here on Unity FM to hear how to practice spiritual principles in your life on Absolute Living. Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently, seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith, I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith, I am fearless and free. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Wake up, wake up, awake up. 
Do you hunger for deep changes in your life, deep changes in our world? Mahatma Gandhi said it best, be the change you wish to see in the world. Join Reverend Crystal Muldrow and explore fuller, more harmonious ways of living. By awakening your inner talents and gifts, you can wake up your spiritual magnificence, change your life, change our world. You wake up. Join us Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time for You Wake Up with host Reverend Crystal Muldrow, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Wake up, awake If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 